How you doing, everybody? Tim from Ski Rex Media back with you again this week for yet another Ski Rex Media podcast as we approach March. We shouldn't be in March yet when this one debuts. That's the problem with recording ahead and not having the calendar up on screen while I'm doing this. I never know what I'm talking about. Um, but this should be, uh, let's see, the 23rd, right? I don't know. Yes, the 23rd. My birthday's on the 22nd. This will be out on the 23rd. So it is the 23rd. Um, if you are listening to this on day one, it is February 23rd. If you are not in uh, the year 2022, um, we have a few, we have something that's a little different for you today. Why is it a little different? Well, first off, it's an in-person interview and I've only gotten to do one of those. So that's pretty cool. The interview that we will get to. Uh, secondly, I'm repping the Indie Pass here um, with this uh, cool Indie Pass shirt that I have. Um, and I love the Indie Pass. I was just at another Indie Mountain the other day, Waterville Valley, awesome place, 100% recommended if you do get the chance up here in New Hampshire or up there in New Hampshire. I'm in Vermont, as you know. Um, I also went to the Hermitage Club recently. The Hermitage Club, the only private ski club in Vermont, I believe. Um, it has its own mountain, Haystack Mountain. And the reason I went up there was because myself and my producer and assistant for the day, Travis, my best friend, Travis, um, we went down there to ski because we used to ski there in the 90s all the time when it was owned by the same company as Mount Snow at that time with the American Skiing Company. We used to be at Haystack all the time because it had less people than Main Mountain, um, Mount Snow. So has it changed? We'll get into that. This one's also going to be a little different because the format's a little different. I'm obviously going to do my intro. I'm going to get into the shameless plugs here in a second. But, <clears throat> excuse me, um, at the end when I do the closing, which I always do, and obviously I record the intros and the closings at a different time than the uh, interview, and obviously you're going to see that today because today I'm wearing my hat and my cool Indie Pass shirt. That day I was wearing the hat, but I was also wearing a blue flannel. It was uh, last week, um, so you're going to see that, but I'm going to do more because I want to talk about the Hermitage Club, so you're getting kind of a two-piece here. You get the cool interview, and then I'm going to talk about the Hermitage Club. I'm going to run through the day and tell you what I think. Um, before we get into all of that, though, we have to do the shameless plugs because I know you love it, and some people would argue, even though the professionals who do podcasting and things of the like, other content creation say, get that stuff right at the beginning that way you hook them that way you remind them that way they do the subscribing and the following and all that good stuff but if you are a subscriber you already know all this stuff because you're already there so let's do it this way let's do it the the, the professionals way first and bring it up please if you would if you are new to ski rex media please follow and or subscribe to ski rex media you can do that at any of the audio versions uh and audio only platforms if you listen to the audio version whether it be spotify iHeartRadio, pandora Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and so many others. All you have to do is go use your favorite podcasting app, whether it be on your phone, device, computer, or whatever else. Put in Ski Rex Media Podcast, and you might find it. It's likely that you will. It's all over the place. Or if you watch the video version, you can do that on Rumble. You can do that on YouTube. And then you just subscribe. It's very easy. Um, please do that for me. That way I know you like it. I know it's growing. I know people enjoy it, and then you can also leave comments on the video versions, obviously, and you can even leave criticisms. Just don't be a dick. How else am I going to learn if you don't tell me, but don't be a douchebag, right? Right. Also, 
Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can leave reviews there too. Do that. There's been five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So check that out. Do that for me and then slide on over. If you want to know more, go ahead to the uh, social media um, pages on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Ski Rex Media on all of them. Very easy to find. Then you could also email Ski Rex Media at Ski Rex Forever at gmail.com. That's Ski Rex, the number four ever at gmail.com. All the links to all this stuff is in the description, no matter if you listen or watch. And if you are listening, do not look at your phone right now. If you're listening in the car, wait till you stop. Be safe. Don't get a ticket. Um, and then also through those various ways, you can get a sticker request. If you want some Ski Rex Media stickers, I have one right here for those watching the video version. Boom. I've sent these out. These will come at no cost to you. And if you go to SkiRexMediaMerchShop.com, SkiRexMediaMerchShop.com, which also has a link in the description, you can get yourself some Ski Rex Media merch, which I'm obviously not wearing today. I'm repping Indie Pass, but you can get Ski Rex Media merch. You can also um, <clears throat> use the sticker request there. Right? Right. So now that's all the shameless plugs. That's all done. And I don't know if you've noticed. I just noticed because I looked over. My screen is over here. I don't know if you've ever noticed this during these remote interviews, but my screen, this is for those who watch the video version. Again, for you who listen to the audio version, there's days you get it a lot better. And this is one of them because I keep looking over to make sure everything's running. My screen is to my right. My camera is dead in front of me, just right in front of this microphone. So that's why I do it. I'm not being rude. I have to tell the guests that too, that I'm not being <laughs> rude. I'm just trying to keep everything together. Um, in any case, enough of that silliness. Um, we did the plugs. Now we're going to plug something else. We're going to plug the Hermitage Club. The Hermitage Club, um, a private ski club down in Southern Vermont, Wilmington, Vermont, on Haystack Mountain. Um, you join the club, you get your membership, and you ski there. Members only. Is it cool? Is it not? There's a ton of stereotypes behind this. People don't even understand the um, actual business model. I didn't either. I've said it. I don't know how a private ski club um, works in Vermont, especially with something like Plymouth Notch over uh, just uh, between Killington and Okemo. That's been closed for a while. I think it's still for sale for well over $7 million. You get everything. It's actually a nice place, too. So if you have $7.5, 8000000 million, go ahead. If you, and you want to run a private hill, go for it. It's, it's something else. But I didn't have a full understanding of it either. There's a ton of stereotypes. And you know me here. I want to kill ski, uh, skier stereotypes, uh, skier stereotypes, snowboarder stereotypes, all that stuff. The lifestyle, I want to kill all that stuff. Just so everybody knows that skiing, riding, snow sports are for everyone. And they're a lot of fun. Um, and you don't have to be a rich person to do it. Um, but with that said, we're going to talk about private ski clubs. <laughs> but we're going to talk about it with their general manager, their executive director, Bill Bennion. He sits down with me at the Hermitage Club. I was there. You're going to see it um, on site interview. And we talk all about it, everything, the history of Haystack, why people love Haystack, what it takes to be a member, um, what it was like to be there that day. You see, I loved it that day. And we don't get into that a whole lot, but I say it over and over again. Travis loved it. And I'll get into that too at the closing. So I always say, I'll see you on the other side of the interview. Not only will I, there'll be more program this time on the other side of the interview, a little bit of me doing a little commentary, right? Right. So go ahead, listen to the interview and then stay tuned after the interview for me to keep talking because it's not like I haven't spoken enough here at the beginning. Jesus, eight minutes in almost eight minutes in because I do have to cut something off the front of this and, uh, I'm still yapping. So here's the interview. Bill Bennion, Hermitage Club. Enjoy it. And I will see you on the other side to do some more talking. Thanks. A little bit of something special here on Ski Rex Media this week. 
We came down to the Hermitage Club to check it out, me and producer Trav. We came here to check it out because we haven't been here since the 90s. And since the 90s, it's been some ups, it's been some downs, it's been some whatevers. Is it still the same as it always was? And we'll get into all that. We're going to get into that with Bill Benny. And how are you, sir? Super. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Dude, we've been having a great time. Also, shout out to Lars Peterson, who was our host this morning. Did a great job with that. He's a wonderful, wonderful individual. So before we get too deep, what is it that you do here? What, what, what's your function here? Everything. Everything. Uh, Perfect. General manager and executive director. Uh, the Hermitage Club is a member-governed private ski club. Sure. It's a Vermont nonprofit, so it has a board, it has committees, nice. and part of the job is to run the governance of mm -hmm. that group. Um, and general manager, it's running the ski operations, the clubhouse operations, and sure. all of our development and everything else that goes with it. Awesome, awesome. Now, the wonderful thing that you said is that you do everything, and that's very common, no matter if it's a private ski club, a public mountain, big, small, whatever. <laughs> the GMs are always like, I do everything. And that's awesome. We, In fact, Jeff, ha Jeff Hathaway over at Magic joked about one of his favorite other jobs is running parking. Down in I thought it was flipping burgers. He seems I, to be pretty good at that. He was and, doing and, that the and, other day. And honestly, the, uh, the answer is probably true for almost everybody in management here. You wear a lot of hats. Totally. You know, uh, the guy that runs our clubhouse also runs cats and heavy equipment, and everybody's got to jump in and have multiple skills. That's awesome. And that, that really speaks to a more... Um, it, it speaks to being a more, uh, all right, so I think people, and I've talked about this to you guys before we started recording, is that there's a lot of stereotypes that come with the private ski mountain, especially in this era of social consciousness, social awareness, or whatever terminology you want to use, that skiing is a rich man, rich man's sport, so as soon as you hear the word private, and you hear places like the Hermitage Club, the Yellowstone Club out there in Montana, you know, all these other places, there's a lot that comes with that, but already we're seeing that those stereotypes might kind of be garbage. It's just a ski mountain, right? It's a, uh, you know, um, gosh, it's a mountain with a lot of history. Haystack Mountain has yeah. you know, been in operation as a ski area over 50 years um, and has obviously been through a, a lot of owners. But totally. it's, it's a neat little mountain. It's part of southern Vermont ski heritage. Yeah. And I think the common denominator here is skiers. You know, it's really a club. Um, you know, I think people have an impression of white-gloved waiters and yeah. you know, all kinds yeah, of totally. uh, over-the-top services. At its heart, it's really about hassle-free, frictionless, get-on-the-slope skiing uh, yeah. for folks that uh, have the means to do it. Um, and that's what we focus on. The prior iteration of the club, mm. and, and there have been a number of runs at private club uh, structure here. Sure. Um, had probably a much broader look at what that meant year-round, sure. uh, you know, with development plans for a lot of hotels and conferences, and, uh, you know, it was a private club, but there were a lot of ways to be here without being part of the club. Sure. Uh, sort of area. This group, when they purchased the asset uh, almost two years ago, uh, in, in May of 2020, the first thing uh, the group did was divest itself of all the non-core operating assets. Okay. So the package came with four inns and a golf course, um, you know, and some other uh, pieces of the puzzle that were all sold within the first nine months. Oh. The entire focus is on the four months of skiing, December through March. Yep, that's it. Uh, we are here in the summer. The building's sure. open. Some people use our fitness center, um, but we're really a ski club. 
that's very interesting. Actually, that that you know, I, that's something I, I it's not that I forgot about Haystack Country Club, but it, it is there. And I again, I thought it was all still one big piece. But you are now down, obviously, to the core. That's a wonderful thing. I think a lot of other public ski club doesn't matter. Mountains could take a take a little, um, you know, take do the same thing is yeah. what they could do. Um, well, now that since you, brought, since you brought up the history of it and how it's been here, you know, we, myself, producer Trav, we were here, we were here in the 90s, um, back when we worked at Mount Snow in high school, the American Skiing Company, shout out to Les Auten, um, who's doing whatever he's doing up there in Maine. Um, we, one of the reasons we wanted to come here was to see how different it was. It's the same mountain. Like, if you take it back to the history, the trail names are the same, um, which Lars said you all renamed them. Like, that wasn't part of the original iteration of the Her- Hermitage Club. They, they changed all the trail names, right? Yeah. It, you know, the, um, for a while there was um, a pattern of doing big rock and roll concerts in the lodge. Sure. And I, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the developer um, was a smart, imaginative guy, especially when it came to marketing. And so it's a ski club renaming the trails after songs of the band. Um, but you can imagine Ski Patrol trying to respond to you know, p- possible incident on Yo Mama Don't Dance yep. is a bit of a mouthful. You know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm big on nostalgia and the legacy and, and the people that have come before. And each of the trail names means something. There's a sure. reason it's named that, whether it's Dutchman, which was for one of the original investors, or Rocker, mm-hmm. which was you know, one of the guys that worked on the place, yeah. um, or the theme of the witches and Cauldron and Merlin and Samantha and all the, uh, the trails around that. Um, so that's really important. So, you know, looking back, you know, a lot of people have skied Haystack and it's important in their, in their ski uh, bibliography. Yeah. Mine predates you by about 20 years, probably. But if, <laughs> that's okay. If Travis can see this or not. Yeah. But we have to recognize it because <laughs> most visitors uh, will come. This is the famous Tunnel Trail, which as a kid uh, in the 70s, 80s, 90s was one of the reasons you wanted to come here because it was a blast to ski yep. through that. Everybody has skied here at some point, it seems. Uh, although I, I'll question whether you actually skied through the tunnel today or not. No, no. we no. went to the tunnel trail, but didn't see the tunnel. You got to look a little bit. Oh! You got to look. You got to look. look. So bogus. That's on <laughs> that us, is, dude. We may have to yeah. run back out before we go. Um, it does have a lot of history, you know, and we loved it back when we were here originally. We were here as often as we could be, and that was. It felt like in the '90s. The 90s were rough for everyone anyway, especially, again, the American Skiing Company took a big hit and it obviously has dissolved since, um, a long time since dissolved. But Haystack was kind of used as just an overflow hill at that point for Mount Snow, you know, on a weekend and holidays, um, which I thought personally was just kind of a waste because it is such a great place. And, um, you know, I mean, it looked a lot different. You had the old lower lodge, the upper lodge, which was somewhere in this giant 90,000 square foot building would have fit somewhere in here. Um, and it's a beautiful building, by the way. Like, my goodness, we were walking around just in awe, just wow. Yeah, this place it's, is a, it's a pretty spectacular asset. Yeah. It, it really is. In fact, we heard, uh, I heard a lot of people who had been here prior to my coming here, because um, I have not been here since, like I said, 25 years ago. Um, People said it's the kind of thing you would see in Jackson Hole. It's the kind of thing you would see at, um, you know, northern Colorado, this kind of thing. Um, And questioned if that was a good idea, being that we're not those places. But it seems to work to me. 
It tells uh, a visual story, an architectural story. Sure. About um, you know ski history anywhere in the country. Um, yeah, it's, it's probably not entirely uh, true to New England roots. Sure. Uh, but you know, it, it really does extend that sense of uh, you know an upscale, uncompromising private mountain. Mm. Um, you know, I think what's interesting is in the Mount Snow era, when this was owned by ASC and, and was essentially an overflow, yeah. um, the same nomenclature and description was always used. You know, it's an overflow and it's the quieter, less crowded place for families. That would be a good place to take your kids where they can pretty much roam the mountain without getting in trouble. Yeah. They're always going to end up at the base. You know, it takes a community type thing and, and I think that was Haystack before them. Yep. It was certainly during that period and in as a private club, a lot of our membership are young families. Sure. And obviously, it's not crowded because you know entry is uh, restricted. Mm. But it's the same mountain. It's a comfortable mountain. It's fun to ski. It's got some challenges, but you know most of the trails um, are navigable by kids as they progress up sure. through time. And it's it's a great place for families to grow up and build memories and uh, you know spend their time there. Absolutely. In fact, we've seen just walking around as the day has progressed, more and more SUVs pulling up with moms, dads, kids just jumping out of both sides. And it's a Friday afternoon, man. And it's it, it's it's a family place. Um, in fact, I can see out the window there's a lesson or something going on down here with a bunch of kids. And down on the magic carpet. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's 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 it really does stick to that. It's it's a private. Club. I guarantee you, every day mm -hmm. is like today. Sunny, 38 degrees, with beautiful cream cheese snow. Yeah. And you know, just enough people to make it feel good as busy, but not too busy that you actually have to wait for a chair in line. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Every day. Every, Every day is day. like that. That's our guarantee. Oh, man, and it yeah. is a beautiful day, yeah. too. Let me tell you, it is blue skies for every which way. You can see New Hampshire, New York, Massachusetts up from the top. It's one of the most beautiful views you can get here. And Mount Snow, too, I guess, because it's there close. But, you know, here is just beautiful, and I love this place. So we keep bringing up the 90s and the ASC and moving from there when it finally closed, when the ASC dissolved. Um, not a lot went on with it, as I recall, into the 2000s. Um, am I missing anything there that you know of? Well, there, there was, um, when it was sold, it was sold with a, a deed restriction, I guess you call it, that it could only be operated as a private ski area. Okay. Um, with you know, a, a little window there, and the first, uh, first developer who went after it as a private club, mm -hmm. you know, made some improvements, started off, um, it didn't fly the first year, poor weather, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, um, you know, so shortly after, uh, it was available again. And uh, that's when uh, Jim Barnes, who at the time owned the Hermitage Inn, sure. uh, extended, and that's how the name Hermitage Club got attached to Haystack Mountain. Yep. And um, started, you know, building from, I think, very much the same intention to have this private southern Vermont, easily accessible to Connecticut and New York and northern Jersey and Boston, Rhode Island areas. You know, you're never more than three, three and a half hours away yeah. from any of those areas. So it's um, nice, easy to get to and, uh, you know, trotted along. Clearly, as time went on, the vision got much larger. Sure. Uh, and with excess comes risk. So, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. there it goes. In 2018, um, you know, eventually it caught up as those things will, uh, went into bankruptcy and um, 
originally 140, as it turned out to be 180, mostly of the original members sure. got together uh, and bought it out of bankruptcy. And since then, um, it's grown tremendously. Other than spending time for interviews like this, yeah. we have spent you know, virtually nothing on marketing and advertising because the word of mouth is so strong around the experience. We've almost doubled in size in 18 months. Yeah. Um, you know, we're years ahead of our planned growth pace. Um, you know, and starting to look at what point do we hold tight yeah. and just say that's enough people in the club for now. Sure. And uh, you know, it's a sustainable business model. Mm. Uh, the club's healthy and uh, you know, just growing every day. You yeah. mentioned Lars, he's our <laughs> our our membership uh, salesperson up front. Mm. who takes all the incoming inquiries and, and gives the tours and converts people into members. Yeah. And uh, he's just been killing it. There's a lot of lot of interest. Um, so we're doing something right, for sure. Actually, that is something I, I, I did want to say. Well, a couple questions. One of them, obviously, if you're doing this well, the era in the media, Barnes was kind of painted as a criminal in some ways. And we're not going to get into the full story. If You, you, can, you can look it up. It's, it's out there. And... I don't know. I wasn't here. You know, I only know what I read. Uh, you know, all I saw was that it closed, and that was it. And that was kind of a shame. But that hasn't hurt you. Know, like you said, word of mouth. People are coming up. Like the negative hasn't hurt you. That's beautiful. Um, as your membership continues to grow as well, like now from a personal thing, and I'm not hating. I'm t honestly, I'm not. But even I was like, gee, in Wilmington, Vermont, of all places, a private ski club that can't possibly work. I'm wrong, like, and I don't have a problem admitting that I'm wrong. Do a lot of people get that wrong? Did you take any flack like that from you or any of the other members or, or committee members or anything? Is there any kind of flack like that? Like, how, you can't possibly do this because this is a Colorado thing. This is a Wyoming thing. Oh, in terms of can a private club work? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think there's some skepticism because it hadn't worked twice before. Sure. You know, I'm committed to not be the third guy. Absolutely. <laughs> doesn't make it work. And I think we've shown that, that it will uh, if we're smart and we continue to be disciplined and act uh, in the best interest of the membership. Again, you know, being member-owned, member-governed, uh, nonprofit, um, there's an awful lot of um, care taken with how we look at our expansion plans and capital plans and um, and our finances and being disciplined about things we'd like to have and things we really do need to have. Sure. Wants and needs are very different. Yeah. Uh, and it boils down to, you know, providing a really good skiing surface and a good skiing experience. All of our infrastructure on the mountains in really good shape. We continue to make improvements in snowmaking, which it, it just comes with the comes with the territory uh, in in private club. And I think we are, you know, it will just take time to, uh, our, our actions will speak for themselves and to repair, you know, local relationships. Yeah. yeah I, I think every ski community, there's a tenuous relationship between the community and the resort operator. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, you know, natural, whether it has to do with labor or housing, um, guests clogging up the roads, you know, all of those things. You know, sooner or later, one party or another betrays the other one, Absolutely. and it tends to be the resort that betrays the town. Sure. Um, you know, so Wilmington has lived through a number of these cycles yeah. of Haystack. You know, I'm, I'm really proud to be able to go to the town meetings and report on our progress and apply for permits 
um, and be, I think, in good stead, meet the straight face test. We're doing everything necessary. We tend to ask questions rather than um, forgiveness. Sure. You know, so we're, we're proactive about uh, what our plans are and um, asking for help when we need help and you know, sharing as much as we can. So it's, yeah. Yeah. I have no question. The model works. Yeah. Uh, you've seen it today. You've, you've walked around here. It, it, uh, it, 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 it's almost... I don't want to say a shock because that's kind of negative in this way. But as we're walking around, we're like, this this place is amazing. This place is great. And not just for look and aesthetic and amenities, which there are many. I mean, you can get that in any mountain depending on how big you want to go. You know, it's, it's different than going to Magic, which is different than going to Stratton, which is different than going to Mayo Snow, which is different to coming here. Um, but it works. And people seem to love it. There's a smile on everybody's face. There's kids. There's parents. There's all kinds of stuff. The employees are all very friendly and very nice and very knowledgeable. They know what's going on. It's a really awesome place, um, and you've done great. And Lars was also saying, when you're working with the town, you have other events like charity events and things like that as well. Correct? Yeah. It, it, you know, I wanted to touch on um, something you said there. Sure. Um, we're we're a little bit picky about our hiring. You sure. know, you know, labor markets are tough across the country, and they are here as well. We've been fortunate. Um, we haven't had as much of a problem as I, I think others. Um, it's a nice place to work. One of the reasons is we know exactly who our customer are. Yeah. Right? So we have, uh, we're 325 members today. So we're talking about 750 adults yeah. and their kids. And it's the same, that's like a, a high school size. Right? Yeah. So you walk down the hall, you know everybody, you recognize them by name, you recognize their face, you know their kids, you know a lot of the birthdays. Um, and so having that direct relationship, everybody can talk about having a relationship with their customers. We see the same people every weekend. Yeah. And that's a pretty, um, great environment to work in because oh. the expectations are really clear you know it's not just another faceless employee or a faceless guest that you're never going to see again yeah. you know you're going to see them again and, and uh, you know that goes a long way to creating uh, a seasonal job where you can really have an impact it does matter you're getting an emotional return in addition to a nice paycheck so, yeah, yeah absolutely i'm sure that's Actually, you know, the camaraderie, camaraderie in the same members over and over again, I feel like that might not just be some, a big advantage for the, uh, the employed, the employees, excuse me, but the members themselves. Like, this, it's, it's, a, it's it, there's a lot of, t I don't want to use the word family because there is a family place, but it kind of is, you know, everybody knows everybody. Like you said, a small high school, Wilmington High School, that's where I graduated, right up the road, and man, we everybody knew everybody, and it, and it can be a really wonderful thing. You always have a friend, and, and that's awesome. And almost everybody's here for the same reason, which is the skiing. Yeah. So it's all supposed to be about fun. Everything eventually leads to that denominator. Yeah. You know? yeah, and skiing is fun. And let me tell you, Haystack is a great mountain to ski at. Um, I loved it. We loved it today, hitting some of these old trails, because there is some, there's some good technical runs. There's some good easy cruiser runs. There's, you know, you guys have glades up there, and a pretty large amount of glades compared to what it was the last time we were here. Um, it's beautiful up there. And like I said, one of the best views in southern New England, I think. Um, uh, southern Vermont, I should say, not southern New England. It's a wonderful, wonderful place for that. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. So we know the history. We've gotten to where we are. Um, the future. What do you got coming up? Well, uh, more of the same. You know, like I say, we are um, we're open for membership applications. Mm -hmm. um, they're they're going fast, and uh, we're happy about that. We continue to work slowly and steadily on snowmaking improvements. Sure. That's what it's all about. When people show up holiday week, we want to be able to turn out as much snow as we possibly can. 
despite um, you know Mother Nature continues. I think winter doesn't really begin till January now. That's just happened, mm. unless you get a, a freak snowstorm. Yep. Um, you know, you looking over my shoulder here, you can see there's eight new townhomes about to be finished up. Totally. Um, yep. Those are called the Grenoble townhomes. Uh, they're all sold out. We started those in the spring and wow. fast-tracked that construction. So they'll they'll deliver really shortly here in under a year. And we're just about to file permits on the next eight units sure. here on the mountain. Um, you know, there's no tie between membership and real estate as on some on-property clubs. Yeah. Uh, so you, you don't need to be a member to buy real estate and vice versa. Um, and a lot of our members have homes in the valley, you know, in the surrounding areas. Not everybody wants to live on the mountain, but sure. know, a lot of people do. So we'll continue to uh, build out townhomes and single-family homes, ski in, ski out. Nothing like the scope of the master plan that people saw last with three hotels and mountain coasters yeah. and, you know, all kinds of year-round, big-scale conference sure. center-like resort. Um you know, much more modest, uh, but that fits our appetite, fits our pace. Um, we really believe in growth with discipline. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll check back in a year, see where we are. Absolutely. Yeah. Like this, that, that's, what a great way to do it, to just do, you know, keep to a core. Now, I, I'm impressed, like, as I'm looking out this window, you do see that, you know, they haven't put the, uh, the siding up yet. Still working on the shingles and all this. Those are sold out and they're not even finished. That's impressive. That's ridiculous. I can't believe that. But it's the kind of place it is, I guess. It's really kind of awesome. I think it's both the location, the fact that it's at the club, and those sure. are all club members that we're looking for real estate. And of course, yeah. the real estate market, as it is now, you know, as it's uh, exploded in the last two years. Totally. Of course, it's about scarcity as well. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you said, well, uh, that you don't have to own property to be a member. Now, that's a misunderstanding on my part. I thought that's what it was. I thought you bought a townhouse, condo, whichever, that were built up here, um, and then you were a member. Not true. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Yeah. How does it work? Uh, well, sim simple membership is stands on its own. Um, there's an, like any country club. Sure. Just picture it, country club, but it's skiing instead of golf. Okay. Uh, that's the best, uh, best comparison. Um, there's an initiation fee. It's currently $60,000. Okay. That's a one-time fee. It's good for forever. Uh, and then each year is a $15,000 in annual dues. Okay. Uh, and that's really what pays our operating cost. Sure. Um, so it, it's our operating budget comes out of that, um, which is com completely uh, adequate for, you know, a small southern Vermont uh, family-based ski area. Right. And... Um, and then all the other a la carte expenses, ski school, rentals, your food and beverage, whatnot, is pay as you go. We're a cashless club, so money never changes hands. It's just, you know, electronic. Okay. It uh, goes on an account, and at, at the end of the month, uh, you get a nice uh, payoff at the end of the month for See, that. Very nice. See, I had no idea how it worked. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but that is very interesting because I was actually commenting when we were talking on the lift. I was like, gee, if... Again, I thought it was buy property, you're in. That's what I thought. That's what I had heard. So I, I don't know why. I just assumed it was correct, and that's just stupid to do. But um, never assume. But um, I was wondering. I was like, gee, if you, if you get their money once, how do you keep going? Like, I know nothing about it. And now I do. Obviously, there's the yearly recurring cost. 
which um, we were talking about on the lift with Lars as well. Like some people would say, gee, 15 grand, that's, that's, that's a bit of cash. And it is a bit of cash, but the idea is that, you know, once you get on a plane <laughs> and everything, rentals, everything else, to go anywhere else in America, for the most part, you're already up to that if you do it more than once. And when you can just come here with a hometown feel, a small mountain feel. Um, granted, you got a decent amount of vertical run here and a great amount of acreage, but this does feel like, this feels like the smaller at-home indie mountains like that you get, like Magic, for instance. People love Magic, and I'm an Indie Pass user myself. Um, so I go to all these places, and it, it kind of feels like that. It's not overcrowded. Like, Lord knows everybody who we're talking to right now has seen the lift line photos and videos coming out of your neighbor and the other Vale Mountains and stuff like that. Man, this uh, 15K, I say is worth it, man. And if you do, if you do the math, uh, you know, because it, it, it is a bit of a uh, commitment. Sure. But you know, by and large, our members, they're going to have a significant tenure here, especially if they've got kids. Mm-hmm. You know, pick a decade, 10 or 15 years that you stay in as a member. And you, you're right. You know, the cost of um, going to any significant day visit skier, even if you're buying your tickets ahead of time, sure. you're easily spending, you know, over $100 for that day ticket, mm-hmm. um, you know, plus everything else. So you kind of, average family size here is four and a half people. Yep. Right. So you start doing that math, you're like, all right, well, that's easily a $500, $600, maybe $700 day by the time yeah. you get all into it. And uh, you start looking at how many days we have available. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it starts to pencil in, you know, yeah. pretty close for what you get, which is you drive right up to the front door, you know, there's someone there to help you uh, get out of your car and take your skis. Yeah. Most of the members have their skis here in what we call Ski Valet. Yep. They're on the rack, all ready for them because they've told us ahead of time they're coming. Just like your golf bag, um, you just walk right on. You know, there's there's virtually no hassle factor for this at all. Yeah. You know, your clothes are in a locker, your boots are air dried overnight. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely worth the price of admission. It, it really is. In fact, we were talking, is that Max down there at the retail shop, I believe his yep. name was? We were talking to him about the ski valet, and we were floored. Like, wait, they have it set up for you when you get here? Like, dude, sign me up. Like, because, I mean, I'm not going to lie, today we, 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 we came in first to get checked, and, you know, make sure Lars knew we were here, everything. We left our stuff in the car out in the parking lot. We go get it like you would on any other day, boot up at the car, whatever. And man, I would love to just be on site, ready to rock, man. That's beautiful. Yeah. It really is a beautiful operation you have here. It's great. Um, there is one thing I did question about membership, and this this was something I don't, when the first iteration came around. Now, I lived in New Jersey at this time, and I heard about it, and I'm like, all right, what would it take to get in there because I would still come back up to visit my family, visit my friends from school, you know. Um, And there was like a restriction of like 24 or 26 years age, younger, something ridiculous. Like I don't remember what it was. It was something like that. Are there restrictions like that or is it just do your application, you do what you have to do obviously, but it's not, is there anything like that? Yeah, I think what you're, uh, you know, asking about, um, I was just going to say, one of the nice things about the, the club and if you got the tour, you saw the locker room. So you come in yeah. off the slopes and you've got a nice locker room. Uh, you've got shower rooms if you want it. And so it's a quick change. So when you're hanging out at the bar for the rest of the afternoon, yeah. you're not still in your ski boots and your baggy, smelly, you know, sweaty ski clothes. Sure. Uh, you know, it's comfortable. Um, but again, like most country clubs, um, your membership is good for all the members in your family. 
You know, sure. so if you got two kids, it's for two kids. If you got five kids, it's for five kids. Um, but there is an age out. Okay. So at 26, you're considered an adult, and that's the time where you either uh, continue coming as a guest. Mm -hmm. I know it's odd of your own family. Sure. Um, <laughs> or it's time to get your own membership. Okay. Yeah. And, and currently, we do not have a junior membership. That's something that you know a typical golf club might have. Yeah. It's something certainly we look at because we are very interested in keeping the family legacy going. Sure. It is a family sport. We'd like to have people in it for as long as possible. At this point, we're not there yet where there's a number of people who are on that bubble, sure. but it's coming uh, and it's coming quickly. So it is something we're looking at. Yeah, that's, it's, that's very cool. And obviously, again, I, I ask these questions so you don't have to. Yeah. And again, I don't know what I'm talking about at the time. That's great. So now, as you say, you're in the last 18 months, you've now surpassed what you, where the mountain thought they were going to be. What's the cap? Do you know yet? Do you, is that something you can even share, like this many members or that many members? We honestly don't know. We're feeling it out. I mean, part okay. of it is financially driven, but we've already you know, kind of figured out in two years of operation um, what we need to cover our operating costs. And you know, the second part of that is really figuring out what's the comfortable carrying capacity. Sure. So you don't want so few people. You know, you've had the experience where you walk into a club and by, by club, I mean like a nightclub, sure. right? But you showed up two hours too early. Yep. You know, it's, it's only 8.30 and it doesn't start popping until 10.30. You got this feeling of, this isn't someplace I want to be. It's too empty. I need bodies around me, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, you know, at, at 12.30, past, past the witching hour, mm -hmm. you can't move and it's shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. We need to find the sweet spot sure. in there so there's enough people to make it feel a um, sense of camaraderie right? and that people are all here. Um, but we uh, definitely want to avoid, you know, other than those like really peak days, MLK and President Saturday. Those are the two sure. that, you know, are going to light everybody's meter up. Um, that just is the sport. Uh, we want to avoid lift lines and, you know, all of the things, all the reasons people join the club to yeah. avoid. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah, we don't, we don't know. But it's on the horizon. Okay. For sure. You know, it, it's not far out there. Um, and we continue to poke and look at it. And I think after this spring closes, and we reflect a little bit on where we are, uh, we'll have a better idea as we go into next season. But, Very good. And, and the reason I asked is because, you know, if you're getting close. Because you want me to save you a spot. I do want you to save me a spot. <laughs> I, I do. I'm not going to lie about it. Like, yeah, I want to be able to get in. And I think if you all want to get in, now's the time. Like, get it before it's gone. Don't be like, oh, they're growing, but blah, blah, blah. Like, don't wait jump in do what you got to do to get in because like i said it is very cool um and if i could get saved a spot that'd be wonderful i would love that um but yeah with with the and and the thing is also with membership the reason i asked is another is like got a few hundred members now um even this 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 mountain granted smaller acreage wise than say its neighbor but could handle that and still feel not empty but still feel tolerable. Not one of these things where you're, you know, everybody's doing two miles an hour. Like you can still get out there and ride. Plenty of room to move. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no question about Plenty it. Plenty of yeah. room to move, man. I love it. I love the Hermitage Club. Um, HermitageClub.com, I would assume. HermitageClub.com. Okay, yeah. get in there. You'll find all the information you need to, all the questions to ask people to car, call, light up Lars's phone. I'm sure he'll appreciate something to do. I don't know why I'm bothering him. He's busy working over there in the corner. He's trying to get stuff done. Um, 
you know, get those questions, get your things done, get your application in if you want to do it. And again, you don't have to buy the real estate. And I think that's a huge sell because I thought that. I was like, well, I'm not in the market for a second home. So I'm kind of out of luck, as they say, but you're not out of luck. And I'm like, that's awesome. Now, granted, and we were talking about this when we were coming up the lift from the lower mountain, um, is that we, uh, God, it'd be great to live here. I'd live there year round. Like, why even leave? Why bother leaving? Um, so it's, it is an option, but membership is an option. You don't have to buy it. And I think that's the huge selling point. I think it's attractive for people who already live in the area. Um, and who may be Stratton skiers or chemo skiers, Mount Snow, Bromley skiers that, um, and I'm not bust on anybody because I used to be one of those high volume, low price uh, ski area operators. Sure. Uh, and, and there's a certain value to that model. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's once you've skied here and you can ski right on the chair, you know, it is the jewel six passenger bubble, high speed heated seats mm-hmm. for the cold days. Um, you know, it, the value proposition is is uh, incredible. It really is, and and that that was something interesting for us getting on that. We had never, you know, we'd never done the bubble chairs. Well, it was fun for us anyway. But that, as part of the improvements, again, if you haven't been here in many many years, like I hadn't, you know, that lift wasn't there. Six pack, six packs weren't even invented yet. I don't think, um, or not mainstream. Now you're up six, eight, and more. Um, there's a quad down to the Hermitage Inn. That didn't used to be there. There's the quad to the lower mountain. That didn't used to be there. The Witch's Triple is still there, and that, that lifts legit. That, that brought back some memories for me. Um, but, yeah, it's the place is modern, which is awesome. It's got a great location. You're three and a half hours from how many major cities? Two, three, with if you count Springfield and Hartford, you know, you're up to four at that point with Boston, New York, and even Philly, like, is, you know, just another hour beyond. This place, you know, even though I had my prejudices and said this can't possibly work, I don't see how it can't work now. Like, visiting it, really thinking about it, talking to you, talking to Lars, seeing other people all around, this this place is about believe me i want i want in myself <laughs> yeah. did you get to, to the uh mid-mountain cabin we did it, not do that by? yet so th- that's the clincher yeah because if you sit there and um you know talk with the folks at the bar it's a beautiful it's a miniature version of of this lodge mm-hmm. uh, about two-thirds of the way up the mountain you, you got a little get a little work to get to it mm-hmm. um but it's a great place to hang out at the bar you get a beautiful view over the southeast facing valley uh, it's a great place on warm, sunny afternoons because the sun is on that side and everybody's passing on the lift. The music's always cranking inside and out. Totally. Um, got some good chili and soup and macaroni and cheese up there. And, nice. and it's a great little party spot uh, mid-mountain. It really sells itself. But, you know, mostly what you'll hear there are all the reasons why to join that yeah. you just articulated. Yeah, yeah and I, I can't see a reason not to. It's wonderful. I love it. Travis liked it. Bill obviously loves it because he runs the place. It's still here. Lars, he can sell it to you without even trying too hard. Um, like, he does a great job. I'm not saying he's not a worker. I'm saying he basically just going to walk you outside and point at two things. He's like, come on, dude. That is awesome. So let's thank Bill and Lars and everybody else we've met here for a great day. Um, it has happened to be a spring day, which in February is kind of bogus in some respects, but it's kind of a nice day. So thank you, Bill. I really appreciate it. And thank you for hosting you us here, man. This was awesome. Anything I'm forgetting? 
I don't think you're forgetting anything other than get your boots back on and get a few more runs. Uh, <laughs> we're here to host. Uh, it's the best thing. So Excellent. Yeah. Thank you, you sir. Know. I appreciate that. Hermitage Club, hermitageclub.com. Look it up. Hermitage Club, I know for a fact, is also on Instagram and probably the other social media outlets as well. Pick your favorite. Get in touch. Get the information you want. and Come up and check it out, man. It's a wonderful, wonderful place. Right? Right. Thank you, sir, once more. We're out of here. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks. And there you have it. This week's interview, Bill Benny and from the Hermitage Club. I do hope you found it informative. I do hope maybe that you're thinking about uh, joining the private ski club, whether it be this one or another one. I don't know how many are out there, to be honest. Um, I hope you got a little bit of understanding of it. Even if you don't want to join, I get it. It's a little steep. The price is a little steep uh, for a lot of people. That's understandable. Even they understand that. Um <clears throat> You know, the more you talk to them, they understand that as well. But if you are in the market and um, again, as we said, you don't have to buy property in Wilmington at the mountain like that. Those are just there. Um, people are members and they buy. They happen to have a condo townhouse or whatever it may be right there. Um, or they have one in town or maybe they have one over on Chimney Hills. Very easy to get over into that neighborhood from Haystack. You know, go to the bottom of the hill, turn right, turn right on Man Road. Turn right at the end of that, turn right at the end of that, and you're you didn't go in a circle, you're actually up in the neighborhood. Um, so there you go. It's a bunch of rights, and you're in the Chimney Hill neighborhood, a little local flavor for you. And I hope I'm not wrong about that. It's been a while since I've done that part of the drive, but anyway, um <laughs> it, it's all good. So if you're interested, if you think it's cool, if you want to see more, if you have questions um for them, go right there. You can see it on the screen if you're watching the video version, or you can go to the um you can go to the description if you're just listening to the audio version. Both are fine for the hermitageclub.com. Well, it's just hermitageclub.com, hermitageclub.com, and then Hermitage Club across social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can ask questions. You can see photos. You keep up with what they're doing, whether it be on mountain, off mountain, what they're doing, how they do it. It's very cool. It's very interesting. Uh, it's very interesting, even if you're not looking to join um, a private club if you're not interested in doing that kind of skiing or snowboarding or living you know whatever you can you can still it's still interesting i think and maybe you don't think it is but you know what here's why i think it's interesting let's start by going into the day now i emailed them uh a while ago well not a while ago i want to say it was like six months ago it was about a month ago that uh lars and i started talking lars peterson he was our host you didn't see him on the interview but he did uh he was in one of the videos from on social media my my instagram story which is also on facebook and i'm pretty sure i got it onto a youtube reel and and uh, a youtube short instagram reel uh, go ahead and check it out it's on uh, ski rex media social media whether it be on any of the social medias or on the youtube channel um but lars and i were talking about it and i told him i was like look dude i have wanted to get back to haystack since the club has been there now and that's even when the club first started and ran into problems and then the really big problem times um with the pre with the last owners and you know it was just a mess now it's not a mess so that's one of the reasons i said i want to get back and see how much different it is what's it like to ski haystack as just haystack the public mountain back in the day versus skiing haystack as the hermitage club now i says can we do that and they said absolutely come on do it come on over and do it you won't be the first Stuart winchester 
Stormski Journal. <laughs> like he uh he's been there too. Um, you know, he was there before I was. I don't know exactly when, um, but I'm pretty sure everybody knows his site, Stormski Journal on Twitter, the Storm Skiing Journal and Podcast. You know that. Um, shout out to him. He's out for the rest of the season. Um, but he's been there before and I've been there now and it's, it's a great place and they were more than happy to have us. And because we were going to be doing so much there, skiing, touring, talking, I actually brought an assistant, Travis Colin, producer Trav that day. And it would be great because he was there in the nineties too. We, he was part of our group. We all worked together. We were all friends in high school. So on days off when we were skiing together, we all went over to Haystack those of us who skied um so it was kind of interesting and the thing is is i tried to do a little prep work now i didn't really get into reading the website what it was going to what it cost i went just from what i thought i knew and we talked about that in bill's interview you know i thought you did have to buy property that's what i've always heard so i went with it that way and some people say tim why didn't you prepare why didn't you learn about it because then why would i ask the question i'd rather go there not knowing less and learn right along with the audience um so I, I, I went in cold, but I did look at the trail map and I saw two trail maps, one where the trails were the same and one where the trails were different names. I didn't know what was up again. Wasn't sure. Didn't want to ask ahead of time. Let's all learn. And I didn't even have to ask. Bill brought that up, but we go now. One of the things when you look at the trail map is you see that the whole area has changed back the last time I was there. There was the upper base lodge, the lower base lodge, the tunnel and the tunnel trail, um, a handful of different lifts, um, not quads and stuff. Like there might have been a four person on there, one, but that was it. Um, you know, not not what was up there now, which is all the condos, the townhomes, the 90,000 square foot lodge that's up there, which is an incredibly gorgeous building, like so fancy, so nice. Um, you know, that's all up there. And then there's the six pack heated bubble chair. There's a quad that runs from the lower mountain up to the top that well, not to the top. It runs to just above, um, just above where the bottom of the six pack is. And then you can just run from one right to the other. There's the witch's triple. There's the hermitage quad that goes down to the hermitage in that wasn't there back in the nineties. Um, the hermitage was his own thing. Then when, you know, the, 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 how the Hermitage Club gets his name is part of the Hermitage Inn, which was there first. Um, someone said they had their prom there. I think it was Travis. Our prom was there too. Um, I graduated from a different high school at the end, and a year a year before he did. Um, There's a lot of local proms at the Hermitage um, at the Hermitage Inn. But anyway, you know that all changed. So, and again, this is all what I'm. This is the only prep I did. So we get up there. Come up the road, see where they're building a few more townhouses, more units, um, see the big building, see the parking lots change, see the, you know, the different chairlifts. And the first thing we did was take the tour of the lodge. Um, funny side note, I was taking still pictures in there because I wanted to do this as a written piece as well and lost most of my pictures and the ones that I did have that made it back home were garbage. So I get to go back there and take new pictures because my camera biffed. It happens. No one's perfect. Um, and sometimes technology isn't perfect. I still really like that camera. Um, but anyway, so we go in and we're taking the tour and Lars is showing us all kinds of like just 
the the whole place is nice and again i wish at the time i was recording this i had all the good pictures because i would show them on the video version but the building now what well here i'll put it like this one of the criticisms i heard about this building was it doesn't look like something you would find in vermont it looks like something you'd find in jackson hole something you'd see in aspen something you'd see in vale town looks like a rocky mountain kind of place which is fitting but not vermont not green mountain state not new england however wood decoration everywhere beautiful lighting fancy nice furniture beautiful carpets um it, it's just a really nice place like you can't say it's not nice maybe you don't like it maybe you do but it's a really nice building and it's friggin awesome and the old upper base lodge which is at about the same place would be swallowed by this building that's how much bigger it is it really felt like a maze when we were first walking around it like by the time the end of the day came or you know came we you know Travis and I we were able to walk around by ourselves and get around and we didn't get lost um but we do the tour and uh we saw everything we saw the spa full service beautiful quiet spa we saw the locker room one of the nicest locker rooms I've ever been in with modern lockers there's guest check in in so many different places there's the fitness center which looks as good as any gym just smaller have a small pool even i'm not talking like a hot tub they have that too but there's a small pool in it awesome and then in, in all these places there's just windows everywhere you can see one of the best views you can get in southern vermont off the top of mount snow and off the top of haystack because the view is basically the same you can see one of those from the other um it's awesome uh, you can see all that. The, 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 and, and as we're going, we're talking to employees. In fact, one of the first places we were ended up in was the retail shop. And we were talking to uh, Max was his name and he runs a ski valet down there. They will, you call ahead and say, I am member this, this person here. I'm coming. Please have my stuff ready. They will have your stuff ready your skis and stuff just there. So you, you don't even have to lug the stuff up from your townhouse. You just drive up. If you so choose, you can have the valet park your car and you can walk in and you can get your stuff. It is taken care of, dude. You don't have to do a damn thing. It is wonderful. It is wonderful. And again, I know a lot of stereotype comes with this and I'll get to that, but this is wonderful. So we walk around and we see everything, including now they definitely gear it towards families. Um, and that includes this banging arcade that has its own small movie theater in it. And I'm not talking like a chintz setup. I'm like talking real elevated, you know, rows and you can play movies in this thing, man. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's just awesome. Uh, the, the food service areas were beautiful. The whiskey bar on the second floor, gorgeous. Um, and they have full service, everything lessons, um, technicians, you name it. It's awesome. It's every amenity you would expect a high-end club to have. And as Bill Bennion said, think country club. You know that you get some high-end stuff going in these places. Think a stationary cruise ship. You can get some high-end stuff. There's amenities out the backside. It's wonderful. So that was a lot different. That was nothing like the old haystack because the old haystack was just your typical you know, public mountain ski lodges, you know, I never, I don't even think I went in the lower lodge. Like it was never used. And I don't even think employees have ever went into it. And now it's long since been knocked down. I think there's a house on it actually, um, on the site that it was on. Um, so we do the tour. We talk a lot about, you know, what it is to be a member. 
But then we get to the part that works the best for this. Because obviously the private ski club part, that's going to be 100% different because it wasn't that way in the 90s. No, now we get to the skiing, um, which is that the same or is that different? And how does that work with the ski club? And again, we're just bear with me. We get on this six-pack bubble chair, six-person bubble chair. I was calling it the limo chair because that's what it felt like. It was long. Like, you know, you can feel how long this chair is. It was heated. It had the bubble. Actually, when one of the times uh, Travis and I went by ourselves because we were able to ski for as long until the left shut down if we wanted to. And we pulled the bubble down just to get the experience, but then we put it back up. It was just too nice of a day. Like on a crappy day, that must be banging. On our day, it was a spring, sunny day. It was awesome. Um, so we ride the limo chair up and we get off. And again, as Bill said, they put all the names back to the classic legacy names. You don't change trail names. It is sacrilege. Like we get where the old, the other dude was coming from, but just, you just don't do it. Right. And, uh, we're just taking trails. We're meandering around. Didn't matter. Green, blue, black, meandering around travis took a break me and lars went over to the rich witches area rode the witches triple which is the same triple it was back in the day rode that up we're bombing around here and there we it, it, it was the same mountain the same experience if you take away the ski club part of it it's the same mountain and you could say well tim obviously it's the same mountain they didn't change anything they didn't expand they didn't contract it would be the same it's the same vibe, even with the private ski club there, man. You're skiing haystack. There's families and kids and people, and it's got a decent elevation and plenty of awesome trails that, you know, span the difficulty range. And, you know, so you get whatever you want, easy stuff, challenging stuff, everything in between, glade runs, whatever you want, man. That's what you can have. And that's what it always was. The ridge trail between Mount Snow and Haystack still exists. The trail down into Chimney Hill still exists. It is the same exact feeling. It was one memory right after the other. And we loved every minute of being on that mountain, just like we always did. It is a great mountain to ski or ride. And that's the, that's the fun part is Travis snowboards. I ski. So you get, we both said it. It's the same thing. And it is wonderful. And I would still love to ski that every day. With that said, would I join a private club to do it? The answer is absolutely. Like all the stereotypes, like, look, we know that people say skiing is a rich white person's sport. People say skiing is racist. People say this, that, and the other about it. They run those stereotypes, and I get it. It's a private ski club, 60000 to join and 15000 a year afterwards. It's not cheap, but is it worth it? Yeah. I would say it is. If I had that kind of income, if I had, I could throw the, if I could throw down to 60,000, which is a one-time deal, $15,000 a year for skiing. If you, you know, you skiing's expensive. You start adding up, you're going to approach that anyway, depending on where you go and how you do it. I don't approach anywhere near that, but I, 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 I know how to keep my cost down. I bought my Indy pass early. I bought my whales back pass early and I can abuse both of them. So I abuse the shit out of them and it drops like the, you know, the, the initial layout is higher, but, and not nearly as high as buying late because I bought early. It's not as much of an initial layout, but you know, is it is an initial one-time lump sum layout. But as the year goes by, the more you use it, you do the math. Like I've already looked, the season's not done for me yet. I lost a month to COVID 
and all my all the what I've paid combined versus the days I've been out, I'm already under fifty dollars a day for the season. I'm already under that, and I haven't even tried that hard. Plus, I lost a month of skiing, like so. I know how to do it. I think if I could, if I again, if I had, it's the sixty k that gets you, and the fifth that's the problem. But if I had that and could, and then would paying the fifteen thousand a year to go to Haystack on weekends. Like I'm a midweek skier. I I have been for years. I worked in the ski industry at Mount Snow. Everybody works on the weekend because that's the biggest time. Then I worked in retail and logistics. Same thing, working at Target. Weekends are the biggest day. So I was always there. I've always worked on the weekends and skied midweek. It's just the way it was. And I've kept that schedule my entire adult life. So I don't usually deal with crowds. How awesome would it be to just go to be to do that? My usual thing during the week. And then if I want to do a weekend too, go to a place that I know will never be packed. And that's really one of the things, what you're paying for. All that is convenience. Absolutely. Because with all those amenities, it is just convenient. It's just convenience in a way you don't typically get on a public ski mountain. And two, there is no crowd. Even if they top out at 500 member families, I would say, I mean, I don't know what their actual number is. And like Bill said, they're starting to work that out, but even if all of them showed up on a Saturday, that mountain would still never be full. You wouldn't have a more than maybe a 10 minute lift line. And that's if so, if they had to slow the chair down or if it was a crappy day or everybody just showed up at the same time, the mountain will never be full. The lines will never be full. You will have everything you need within arm's reach. Let me tell you something. Some people may pick on me from here on out talking about, I would absolutely do that, but I would absolutely do that and take advantage of every, like I said, you buy what you can afford and then you take advantage of it. You abuse it. And I would abuse the hell out of it. I'd be there at least one day every weekend. I'd have this, I'd have a pair of skis set up for the ski. LA. I would just pull up in my little car, my little car, which I make use of during the ski season, but I could make even easier use. Cause I wouldn't have anything in it. And I pull up and I can go and I can check in and everything's done. And at the end of the day, I can get a massage and I can get food and I can put everything back and make sure it's waxed and all this other stuff, man. Are you kidding me? Travis said it best. He thinks it kind of the private model kind of sucks but only because he isn't able to be part of it right now. He's got other things going on. We both said it. Sue us if you want to, but we think joining that private ski club would be amazing. It would be awesome. Um, And it's worth experiencing if you could ever get the chance to do so. It is worth experiencing. It's awesome. We loved it. We would absolutely do it in a second. And the thing is, the thing that really, one of the things that sold us is that the vibe is not what, it's not the stereotype. Sure, people like, that's all rich folks. Didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like it. There were people, you know, it wasn't like, you think people would go out and they'd be dressed in million dollar, you know, suits and ties while they're skiing, drinking the finest champagnes with the finest cigars, man. No, we did not look out of place. That is one of the things I was curious about because I just went, I had, um, I had a flannel on cause it was really a nice warm day. I had the high vis vest, my usual gear, Paranordica skis, you know, nothing fancy, Travis, nothing fancy. I mean, we weren't dirty, but we didn't have anything fancy and we fit 
in the families that were there fit in we parked man it wasn't i mean there were some high-end cars there was you know the mercedes g-wagon up there a few fancy pickup trucks a few fancy suvs a couple of nice cars but my car wasn't out of place every car in that parking lot was caked with vermont mud and dirt and salt just like mine there was a, there was a <laughs> i felt so bad there was a drop top uh volkswagen beetle one of the newer editions the more modern editions and it was a it's like it was like a very light baby blue when it was dirty <laughs> so that person they have a lot of detailing to do come spring which i get i do too i have a black car so it, it shows all that stuff too but we didn't feel out of place it felt like a family mountain and technically it is an independent mountain um it's not one you'll see on like the indie pass obviously because it's a private club but it felt like one of those mountains and Bill Bennion and his people are running it that way. Sure. They're bringing their money in a different way than like ticket sales and all this, but, and it's a not profit too. how unrich person stereotype is that they're not there to make the extra money. They're there to run the mountain. They even got rid of, as he said, they got rid of some of their assets so they could just focus on a good ski mountain. And that's what it is. Sure. It may cost you a bit, but it is a good ski mountain and it is worth it. And it's in Southern Vermont. So if you live in Boston or New York city or New Jersey or Connecticut, it's not hard to get to. That's why people love Stratton and um, Mount snow for you. Epic and icon holders. Um, they're right there. They're not hard to get to. They're very easy to get to, and they're right there. I would do it if for some reason, I mean, I'm never giving up my Indy Pass, man. Where is it? There it is. I'm not giving up my Indy Pass. I'll be riding that forever because I love those places. Again, if you follow Ski Rex Media on social media, you know I was just at Waterville Valley. I've never been there before. But my first time, that place was insane. It was so awesome. Great mountain. Love it can't wait to go back here in a couple weeks um but i would do the haystack too the hermitage club absolutely um you know and again i that doesn't speak for every private ski club i don't know what they're what they all offer i don't know what they cost i don't know what you can do with them um the yellowstone club what does that cost like a million bucks to get into i don't know what that's like does it live up to the stereotypes i hope not but it might i don't know I don't want there to be stereotypes. So, but the Hermitage Club does not fit the stereotypes. It's just wicked nice. It's just wicked nice. It's a lot of fun. And I would absolutely do it. You know, 75K the first year, 15K the next year. If Ski Rex Media jumps off. Who knows? I mean, there's Ski Rex Media NFTs now. I, that, and I'm playing, I'm playing with those mostly for the technical part, the, com, the nerdy computer part. Like that's the part I'm really interested in. But I, I have my designs and my artwork too. So I want to play with that. So, Check that out, too. I should put that link in the description while I'm thinking about it. Um, but you never know. People have made some money there. If I make some money there, I'm calling Bill up. I'm calling Lars up. I'm like, guys, I'm ready. Here's my check. Let's do it. Right? Right. I don't want to oversell it because, again, this is just my opinion. It's Travis's opinion. It's other people's opinions. Um, we enjoyed it. We really liked it. We can see where the money goes. We understood how the money comes in. We don't see a problem with it. If you have the means, as Bill said, for those who have the means, you can do it. And that's kind of awesome. But again, it's not the only way, which is why another reason it doesn't, it's not the biggest stereotype in the world because there are so many other ways. Um, if you have an Epic pass, you can go just, just, just up the road to Mount snow. 
if you have an indie pass, you can go just up the road past Stratton and go to Magic. There's Bromley right there. There's Stratton. You know, there's so many options just right there alone. And then, you know, you can go to your local little place like Stores Hill here in Lebanon, like the uh, where I learned to ski at Memorial Park down there in Brattleboro. All these smaller things. There's so many ways to do it. And this is just one of them, which is why the stereotypes have to go. Sure, maybe it is rich folk. And I don't know what I'm talking about. I always admit that. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. It's very possible. I don't know what I'm talking about with a lot of things. But it is another way. And it's a very cool way. And it's a very swank way. And it's a very easy way. And it's just an expensive way. But I'd be willing to pay that expense. <laughs> right? Right. Anyway, thank you for listening to um, this episode of the Ski Rex Media Podcast. Thank you to Bill Benny and Lars Peterson and the whole staff over at the Hermitage Club. Thank you to the Hermitage Club um, for this episode. This was a fun episode. Stay tuned as soon as I can get the written one out. I'm going to get it out. It's definitely going to be in the book, the Poser Chronicles book, which I've never brought up on the podcast, I don't think. But I'm writing a little something, the Poser Chronicles, hopefully out for next season, probably in next fall. See how it turns out. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm an okay writer, but let's see how well I fare with writing an actual book that's more than just 25 pages, right? Right. Thank you, everybody. Again, check out the Hermitage Club. Follow them on social media because at least they're still doing some cool stuff. Even if you don't want to or can't join, I follow them. I think they're great. Um, definitely friendly, nice people. Right. I will see you on the next one. Next week should be the Chuck Bucket episode, which is a spinoff episode. And you'll get you'll hear all about that. I'm not spoiling it. I'm just saying it's a spinoff. At first, I said it was a sequel episode, but it's not. It's a spinoff. Um, so that's what I do here, right? Follow Ski Rex Media. Subscribe everywhere you can. And I'll see you on the next one, everybody. Thank you again for listening or watching. Hashtag watching. Have a good day. Laters. Bye.